Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it go to zibbyowens.com. Candace Carty-Williams is the author of People Person. Best-selling author Candace Carty-Williams won the 2020 Book of the Year Award at the British Book Awards for her debut novel, Queenie, becoming the first black writer to do so. Queenie was named a Best Book of the Year by NPR, Time, Parade, The Guardian, Good Housekeeping, Marie Claire, and many more. From launching The Guardian and Fourth Estate Short Story Prize for underrepresented authors and writing a Prada holiday campaign to Queenie being adapted by Channel 4, her cultural footprint continues to grow globally. Her highly anticipated sophomore novel will be published by Scout Press.
Welcome, Candace. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to Discuss People Person. <laughs> Can you please tell listeners what People Person is about? People Person. Uh, People Person is my second novel, and it was meant. Wait, to be wait about- you're saying you're saying that very nonchalantly. Your first novel, Queenie, was like a huge, massive hit in every single way, and so critically acclaimed. And oh my gosh, everything good. So. Thank you. That is true. It is true. It's really hard, it's really hard because obviously, you know, you'd love to to follow up uh, with Queenie with another Queenie. But I was like, no, I think this one has to be something completely different. So, yes, Queenie was, gosh, uh, years ago. I wrote Queenie when I was 25 and I'm now 32. So a lot of time has passed. And I don't feel like a completely different person, but I definitely am a smart person, which is very good. Wait till you're 45 like me. <laughs> then you'll be super wait. smart. I cannot wait. wait at all. So people person uh, was meant to be about one person, but it ended up being about, I think, six key people. Uh, so we have, I guess, in the center of everything, Cyril Pennington, who is this father of five. He is in his early 50s. He has five children with four different women and he doesn't have relationships with any of the children or the women, but he sees himself as this amazing people person and the people who are trying to emulate him and also be people people are his five siblings and they are from the top down, Nikisha, Danny, Dimple, Lizzie and Prince. And one night... Prince with um, a Y. Thanks for the why. Thank you. Yes, um, and absolutely. One night, Dimple, who is a middle sibling, and even though she hasn't grown up around her other half siblings, she very much is a middle child still. Somehow, there is an emergency. There is a crisis with her ex-boyfriend. And I won't give any spoilers away, but she doesn't know who to call because she cannot call police. She doesn't need to call. I don't know who to call because she cannot call the police. And so she ends up calling her biggest sister. And next thing you know, all of her siblings are around her and they're all trying to figure out what to do and how to get through what they need to get through. And then unfolds the novel. And what we have is these five people who are basically strangers trying to get to know each other and trying to get to know themselves and trying to understand their relationship to each other, but also to this man, Cyril, who has no idea who any of them really are. Wow. It's so crazy because it, it, it the novel opens with the dad driving all around town and like picking up one kid after another and throwing them in the car. Not even kids, like 14, 17, whatever. <laughs> and they're all yeah. like, what are we doing here? And none of them, some of them didn't even know they had siblings, half siblings. And like you paint, it's, you, it's just such a, an amusing little scene here with him just like in this gold jeep picking all these kids up and then like looking at each other and it's almost like they're stuck in an elevator do you know it seems like that random like when you throw people together and they're like suddenly forced interaction what happens with them and what parts of people's personalities come out and I don't know I think that like sets the whole stage for for the rest of it yeah that was the thing I was just kind of like I think so I wrote it in lockdown as most people did write their novels in lockdown because we had a lot of we had more time on our hands but sometimes somehow somehow less time on our hands but I think I was I was so lonely when I was writing it I was just by myself uh living in in a really small flat and just or an apartment and I think I wrote all of those characters because I just needed to hear 
voices and people and to hear conflict and to hear laughter and to hear all of those things. And I ended up writing, yeah, all these five characters who've got very contrasting personalities, as you can tell. Yeah. And it just, they became my half-siblings. They came in my family. Wow. Wait, when you were in lockdown alone in your flat, how long did you go without seeing somebody else? Oh, I think the first lockdown we had maybe four months. Without, without anyone? Without, not even my mum. I eventually went to see my mum. She was the first person that I went to see. And she saw me and she just cried and cried and cried. And I was like, I can't hug you because what if I have COVID and what if I give you COVID? And she was just like, I, I don't care. I do not care. I haven't seen you. You're my child. And she hugged me and I was like, no, I've killed my mum. And she was fine. We didn't have COVID. I didn't have COVID. She didn't have COVID. But it was a really hard time. And so in that in that time, like luckily, I feel very lucky, very privileged that I was able to channel all of my thoughts and feelings and loneliness into a piece of work because a lot of people had to to go out and actually work, you know? So you are actually working. It's work, but it's a different kind of work. You know, like key workers, like you know, all those essential health workers. Okay, I fine. Was like, okay, fine. Yes. For you. But I know what you mean, but I know, I know, I, I do have a, a tendency to, to play down what I do and I get in trouble for it a lot. But yes, you're right. I was also working, just not key work, just not key work. <laughs> do you find, I feel like when I'm alone for blocks of time, I end up talking out loud to myself a lot. Do you do that or no? Oh, I talk to myself all the time. I talk to myself constantly and a friend of mine asked when you talk to yourself, who do you refer to yourself? How do you refer to yourself? And I say that like, usually like we, like, oh, we can do this. We've got this. We're going to do this. And she was like, oh, that's really weird. And I was like, yeah, maybe I've like split my myself into two. And it's like me and my brain walking oh, house together. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Now I don't feel so bizarre. <laughs> no way. So without any structure to the day, writing this book, when lockdown was just like, who knows, morning, noon, or night, did it affect how and when you wrote it versus your process with Queenie? Like, compare and contrast. For sure. So with Queenie, I was writing when I was in full-time work. And so I went away to a writer's retreat as anyone who was like, understood the genesis of Queenie knows I went to a writer's retreat at Jojo Moyes' house and that was an amazing time and so that was just me getting a load of it out in that one week and just coming home and every single weekend I would lock myself away coming from work on a Friday go to the shops get some food and then I wouldn't emerge until Monday morning go back to work and then do it all again and my friends had to kind of understand like you're not going to see me for a bit because I'm working on this thing and I'm not really going to say what it is but Trust me, I'm working on something that I think is important and I think it's going to matter. And then I, I worked really hard and finished that. And this time around, uh, I was by myself and I ended up, I'd written another version of People Person before Queenie was actually released. Hmm. And I just, I was editing it in lockdown. That was what I was meant to be doing all the time. I was on this edit every single day my editor was checking with me and I was like, yeah, it's going well. Yeah, I'm working on this. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. I'm just at this point in it. And at one point I was like, Candice, you just don't like this novel and you're not going to be able to talk about it convincingly or with authenticity or is that, that's a word. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> with authenticity, if you don't believe in it. And so I got rid of it. I binned it and I started a whole nother one. And then the next time I saw her, um, when we were able to kind of 
see people but from a distance she asked how they she's like you've been really quiet how's the edit going and I was like well <laughs> I've started another book and she was like okay we're gonna push it back again okay I get you <laughs> and so uh this time it was different but I, I I remember just one night when this idea came to me just suddenly seeing all five of these characters really clearly in front of me I remember where I was sitting I remember what I was eating I remember what I was was doing and I just saw these five people and I was like, oh, it's their story. And so I, for the, the first night I wrote 11,000 words. Oh, and that was between like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm one of those. I'm a really intense writer. But that was between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. I just wrote the first 10,000 words. And a lot of that hasn't really changed from, from my head, the first draft of it to now, because it was just like, I know very clearly who these people are and what they're going to do. And then spent the rest of the time refining it and and editing it and going through it and just making sure I was always checking in with who those characters were. But it was a very different process because this time I I wasn't inspired by people on the street, people on the bus, my colleagues, my friends. I just really had my own brain to go off. So that the novel even came out. I'm always very surprised that we have we have something here in front of us. Wow. How do you know when something is good? Like what the th- what you wrote in the middle of the night? Like, do you read it the next day? Like, do you ever read it out loud? Like, how do you, or did you just get this feeling? Like, this is what it is. It's totally like I just feel it. I think because I believed it, and because I believe them, and obviously, like the plot of the novel is, you know, is really like I'm really pushing fiction to the limits. You know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is a book. It's not real. <laughs> Queenie was based in so much realism and so many real conversations, so many real relationships. And this was just like a complete departure from that. It was like, no, I'm going to play with the fact that I can write a a fiction novel. And so I guess when I read it back, I was just like, I do believe it. And I do believe these people, even though it's a fictional story. And that was it. And then I kept going with it. But I think as with all second novels, I would imagine there is a confidence wobble because you're kind of like, it's not it's definitely not the first thing I wrote but I remember my copy editor my British copy editor not my American one had sent me she's called Sophie and she copy edited Queenie and she sent it back and I was going through all of her notes and I was like okay yeah that doesn't make sense I've got what I said there and at the end she was like this is amazing and I think even better than your first and I was like oh thank you and that really meant something you know like it really that was the first independent set of eyes on it. And it really mattered that she kind of, she's been on a journey with me. You know, she was reading Queenie when I was 25, 26. And now she's back with me. And, and she, she felt that. And I was like, I know she doesn't have to say anything at all. So I was like, okay, I believe her. So that's, wow. that's amazing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, grownups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery. Perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. 
Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. How did you get into writing to begin with? How did I get into writing? I remember, so I worked in book publishing and I just remember looking around and being like, there's nothing here on these shelves that I can really relate to. Mm-hmm. And so I set up a short story prize in the publishing house I worked at. And then after that, I was like, okay, this is great, but things are moving fast enough. What if I just try and write? You know, Toni Morrison, you know, you just, you know, if you can't see yourself, you write it effectively. And that was it. And it feels like it's been a really simple journey when I say it like that. But of course, there is the writing of it, the sleepless nights, anxiety, the worry, the conversations, the pressure. <laughs> and but then on the upside, it's that you get to, and also I'm such a I'm shy, I'm a very shy person and no one understands that. And so whenever I have to do publicity, like do talks and talk to people, I'm always so, I don't know, I'm always so I'm always in a state of sort of like, okay, trauma. Like we have to do this, Candice. You know what talk to myself and be like, we'll get it done and then you can just go home and be by yourself and it'll be really great and it's okay and so there's been a lot of that stuff but the reward is when I get to talk to people in the signing queue when it's a one-on-one and people get to come and and some people they come over and they're like shaking and they're like oh I'm so nervous to meet you and I'm like oh I'm the one shaking don't you worry we're both shaking together and so after that I enjoy all of that I enjoy the talking to to people one-on-one and I enjoy getting messages from people who are like I know this life, I know this person, I know what this means, I've been this person. That really means the world. Like that's that's why I do what I do. I don't I don't think I do why well, I don't I know that I don't do things for sort of social media validation, for external validation. I just really want people to be able to be like, ah, oh, yeah, thank you for seeing me. I did an event on Monday and the woman in the question and answer period, she said that I was very forgiving of Cyril Pennington. And she said, my dad is a Cyril and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been that forgiving, but reading this helped me to let go of that belief, helped me to understand that I should forgive. And I was like, if I can do one thing, it's that. I was really tearful because it was really amazing. So yeah, from where I was then when I was younger and just being like, I just want to, connect with people in the ways that allow them to see themselves and to them it's kind of like I just see it as being able to achieve that and that's amazing to me wow I love that so awesome very inspiring (laughs) when you read what are your go-to books like what are some of your favorites or what are you reading right now or anything I actually really love poetry and I think because like I love to nourish my mind, but I just, I, it's so hard to find time mm-hmm. because we are all 
so busy, as we know. And so I'm not even a mom. Can you believe? So I'm just kind of like, I'm just busy. It's real. This is, this podcast is for everyone. I know I have it that way because I'm a mom and you know, that's the view from which I see everything, but it's, it's for anybody who's busy and wants to learn about books. So that's most people in the world. Exactly. No, exactly. And so I read a lot of poetry because I love to kind of, I think that poets are so amazing at packing so much meaning, so much heart, so much feeling into a handful of lines. I think it's an incredible thing. So I always try and have a poetry book nearby uh, so that if I do have like a minute or I have like 15 minutes, I can do a bit of reading. So at the moment I'm reading Bless the Daughter Raised by Voice in Her Head by Walsam Shire, who is an incredible, incredible poet. And so I keep this on my desk and I read it, even if I read it over and over again when I have like downtime from writing or I'm waiting in between interviews. And I'm about to read. I read that. Oh, so good. Did you love it? Love so, it. Yeah, and as you can see, the difference, <laughs> the difference is vast. Oh, we should say, because we're on a podcast, um, the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. Yes, and so I am. The diff- yes, the difference between this and the poetry is is large, but I'm determined because I've heard it's incredible, and so I cannot wait for that. And so, yeah, I, I had a really good podcast with Honoring. You should listen to it. She was like so open; it was really emotional. Anyway, in your spare yeah. time, which you don't have, you know, in my spare time, which I don't have, and so so a lot of poetry, but also fiction. They're my go-to's, but then. I like to read a lot of nonfiction when I am not writing, but when I'm writing, I so I read a lot of nonfiction when I am writing and then fiction when I'm not writing because I'm always scared I'm going to borrow someone's mm. voice. I haven't done it yet and I don't think I will, but I'm always like, just leave that alone. Just in case, just in case. <laughs> um, so I've just finished reading Viola Davis's autobiography, which has been... I have that. I have not read it yet. Was um, it amazing? And my mom just finished it. She's like, you have to read this. I was like, I know, I know. I have it. I have it right here. <laughs> so. No, I love, so I love, I love a broad range of, of fiction and nonfiction and poetry, but I think at the moment poetry has a really, really, really good, like a really big place in my heart. Wow. I feel like people who love to read poetry often write in a, in a particular way, not in like, not the same way, but I don't know. There's something about the pacing or something or the you know like the melody you can't quite hear you can't I can't quite describe but I don't know the lyricism I don't know what to, I'm even saying but it's also kind the of... feeling. I think it's also the feeling and I think yes. that I've been, I've been asked by various people you know would you try some poetry would you try writing poetry would you try writing plays and I'm always like that's not my medium my medium is very much novels and I think it's kind of to suggest that I could just like do poetry I think it's kind of like not diminishing what a poet does, but I think it's like I highly respect poets as having a very specific way of telling a story in a way that like I have reams and reams of pages to do that and they just do it in sometimes five words. I know. It's so amazing. I remember like learning about poetry in school. I'm like, well, what do you mean? This is it? Like just yeah. these words. That just is, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. But then when I started reading more, I'm like, well, this is actually beautiful. And my little daughter actually just wrote a poem in school, but she made it look like she like put it in a shape, you know, the words I know. And it was so beautiful, like this beautiful poem in a shape. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I couldn't do that. (laughs) Like, you know, like anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful. But can't do that with novels. Can you? So I I think she's always the winner. You could make maybe that shape with the stack of pages 
<laughs> the way you arrange them. <laughs> anyway, what advice would you give to aspiring authors? Uh, the advice I would always give, and I always love giving, is just get on with it and said in the most loving way, because I think that we can get in our own way and we can put all of these blocks in place and other people put other people put blocks in place for us sometimes. But I think the thing I kept telling myself whenever I had writer's block or whenever I doubted myself was just to get on with it because I'm the only person who can write it. And I think that every single person who wants to write and who, and who even doesn't want to write has a really amazing story to tell because it's your own story and no one else can tell that for you. And so get on with it in a nice way. And then you'll be, it, it's really freeing. It's really freeing to just do that. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I think I think you should write something called the confidence wobble. You said that earlier, and I just loved that turn of phrase. The confidence wobble, you know, very yeah. British, but <laughs> just so encapsulates that feeling and makes it feel like it's not that big a deal. Like everybody else is going to feel that way too. Like, oh, this is my second novel. Here comes the com. Actually, it kind of rhymes. Look, we just wrote a poem. Here's my second novel. Here comes the. The confidence wobble. <laughs> Put it out together. There we go. We're writing poetry, right and left. <laughs> but yeah, so I think but that, no, but it, the confidence wobble is a very, very, very real thing. And I think that like everyone has it. Everyone loses their confidence. But I think it is, it is a wobble, you know, and I think you just kind of have to move with it and let it happen. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And I hope that this has not been an example of something you had to talk yourself through and that it was no, easier. No, no, no. No. This is in front of lots of people. So I'm like, Ooh, oh, no, okay. no. Right. Good. on Zoom is like, I'm in my house. I feel very safe. And also I was very much looking forward to it. So never thought. Oh, good. I'm so glad. All right. Well, it's great to meet you. Congratulations on People Person and all of your success and just very, very exciting. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 